Hey you Have you ever met a dude? Yeah, yeah All I know No guitar is safe Safe from Jew Ain't no guitar Ever been safe From Jew Man, you are so talented <laughs> Episode 157 of No Guitar Is Safe Features Musashi Lethridge Moose to his friends. And man, have I been his friend for quite a while now. This is a fun hang. It's brought to you today by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player. Play better. Sound better. No guitar is What is up, everybody? Jude Gold here coming at you from Stockholm, Sweden. It's the fourth show of this epic tour that I'm doing um, opening for Deep Purple, playing with Jefferson Starship and Deep Purple in Europe. I love Northern Europe. Very excited to bring you a guitar hang that I just had like a couple days before I left with my good friend Moose, great guitar player, great singer, phenomenal bass player, one-man band, Musashi Lethridge, Moose to his friends and fans. Yeah, I've known Moose since junior high, and we've just been brothers growing up in the East Bay. Now, of course, I'm in L.A., but whenever I come back, I go to the coolest cafe on earth, one of them, and I always see Moose there, and he's always got a guitar, and he's always playing. This is something he was doing recently. I'll put a video of this on my socials and on the No Guitar Is Safe page. It's kind of like rude mood Steve Ray Vaughan, but he's got his extra fingers, no pick, extra fingers getting that cool triplet sound. Thank you for that. Yeah, I love Moose because, you know, as the area where we grew up gets more and more gentrified, you know, he still always says exactly what's on his mind. I'm black and Japanese, I'm black. Yeah, I'm black and Japanese. Yo, I'm black and Japanese. I'm walking down the street making white people nervous. Guilt by association at your service. They keep their heads down while clutching on their purses. Rock ridge zombies in their SUV purses just standing in line at the coffee store waiting. A yuppie turns around and starts conversating. Not a minute before you were shaking on the street. Now you want to be friendly because I'm half Japanese. I'm black. I'm black and Japanese. I'm black. He plays every style of music. His first band that I remember was like in the ninth or 10th grade. He was actually doing it, recording and gigging with a serious thrash metal band called Sacrilege, later called Sacrilege BC. He's also done professional sideman gigs like playing for the English Beat and also was a member of the Uptones, a really popular ska band from the Berkeley, Oakland area when I was growing up. Moose wrote that one and is uh, singing on it. And Moose played with our good friend Jeff Hilliard in Othello's Revenge. 
another cool cat from the scene. Wrote a great book on African Americans in metal. And we used to do everything from rock gigs to uh, hip-hop gigs, backing rappers and stuff. Even did some gigs backing Angelo Moore, the singer of Fishbone. A million great memories with Moose, and I love seeing him every time I go up there. Good times. Kicking it. You know, just over at the cafe and see him there every morning and like, hey man, is today the day? Yeah, I think today's the day. All right, what time? Two o'clock. Finally doing this podcast. And yes, out here with Jefferson Starship supporting Deep Purple and all these beautiful venues. It's a riot hitting all these beautiful countries. Just was in Norway for like four days. I am such a fan of that geography. Cool skies, cool breezes, and these giant fjords where the ocean just pours into the earth and creates these awesome channels, mountains, rocks, great food. Very fortunate to be doing this and very honored to be opening for Purple, but also it's kind of emotional because, you know, Steve Morse, one of my favorite guitar players of all time since age 13, since I got the album, The Introduction, his first solo album, and saw that tour when I was 14 at a club where he took us to the musical cosmos and back playing everything from rock to country to classical to actually using a guitar synthesizer and making it sound fucking beautiful, not cheesy at all. It was like Mozart was at the helm. Steve Morse, fan all my life. He's been on this podcast. All the episodes are there for you to check out. Huge archive. Here we are at episode 157. But yeah, he has famously been the lead guitar player of Deep Purple for about 28 years, something close to that. And Turns out we saw what might have been the last show with Steve Morse as a guitar player when we, Jefferson Starship, played earlier this year, like February, on the Legends of Rock cruise. That was their last show with Steve Morse. It's well known that Steve Morse is helping his wife battle cancer, helping her with these horrible chemo treatments. It's just gotten to the point where he's like, I can't go on these big tours right now. And so if he ever comes back to Deep Purple, I wouldn't be surprised, but right now, It looks like the new guitar player is this fantastic player named Simon McBride. Had a great talk with him the other night on stage. He's always up there checking his rig and getting great tone. And I just wonder if he kind of likes the sound of the guitar echoing through a big empty arena at Soundcheck. I know I do. You hit one note and it sounds so epic going through the PA or echoing off the back wall. Whatever the case, he's always dialing in his rig and plays amazingly with like super sick-ass chops, but also a ton of melody and soul and emotion. And uh, that's exactly what Deep Purple would require of a new guitar player. And they are so amazing. We've already met the whole band, and and their show is so great. The visuals and the sound and the performances and the set list and the solo spots. Don Airy's solo spot. I think I saw him, the keyboard player, when he was with Ozzy Osbourne when I was 12 years old. And now seeing him here, he's just sounds better than ever. Unreal. And yes, it would have been wonderful too if Steve was here. But uh, I did give him a call. And we talked for five minutes. And he just talked about what he, he and Janine are going through. And talked about some other stuff. And then all of a sudden the line went dead as 1.5 million people in Florida lost electricity. And that hurricane hit. Hurricane Ian. But I uh, messaged Steve the next day and uh, he was doing fine. You know, he's got a big property. He can handle a hurricane. He's one of the most technical, prepared, smart, badass dudes, MacGyvering everything from flying airplanes to hooking up generators to his house. He said he was uh, pretty much unscathed and he was out on his tractor. He texted me from his tractor, folks, where he was picking up tree limbs 
that had fallen down on this property after the hurricane swept through. So all the best to Steve and Janine. Hope the treatments go well. Miss him out here, but what a phenomenal opportunity. And uh, remember, go back and check out Steve Morse's episode of No Guitar Is Safe podcast, The Guitar Show, where guitar heroes plug in. So, yes, to my hero, Moose, one of the most musical cats I've grown up with. He does great shows around town in the Bay Area. Check him out. Musashi, Lethridge, fire up the copter, and head over to his studio in downtown Oakland. There is like a loud fan going on, but you know, that's what happens sometimes. Adventure podcast. A little hiss won't hurt you. He's playing his acoustic guitar through the PA. He's got a couple pedals in line. Wah-wah distortion. And I'm playing my guitar through a crate half stack that is in the room as well. Thanks again to Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com for making this Hang With Moose happen. Keep it alive till you're 95. No guitar is safe. Hey, yeah, hey, 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 no guitar is safe. <laughs> oh, you're hired. <laughs> Moose <laughs> by Menon. I didn't do that one though. I like yours better. <laughs> ah, what was it? Well, that was a good podcast. So you want to go outside, take a break? <laughs> so, That's yeah, right. You wanted go. to go back. You wanted to go back I'm, and- after the pandemic. I'm out of shape, man. I, if we could continue after these messages. Yeah. Go part of my. <laughs> well, uh, through the magic of editing, we can go out and, you know. Well, don't tell the kids exactly what I'm smoking. Oh, oh gosh. gotcha. Oh, oh. Check the cars, because it's Oakland, and come back and then magically like. Ain't no guitar safe round here. Oh man, that was worth it all. Can you play some of your funky town? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a drop D? Oh, it is, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it was distorted. Shit, can I remember? Damn, that's right. right. Can't do it while I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I flipped that video to so many people when it first came out. Oh, that was, yeah, that was good timing, I remember. <coughs> All right, I gotta figure out something to play with you, huh? Yeah. So I'm going through the crate full stack right on. Are we rolling? Yeah, we've been rolling. Man, yeah. I didn't even have a guitar pick in my fingers, man. And you got this Yamaha acoustic running through the PA. And wah-wah pedal. I do now. Do you think that we should reveal 
because every time I come back to the East Bay, uh-huh. which is where I grew up, right. Oakland, Berkeley, and I go to the coffee shop. The 510. The best coffee shop <laughs> in America. Independent. No Starbucks or Pete's or any fills. None of that shit. This is indie. Coolest. Should we tell people where it is? Where the, is the, the coolest secret? non-conglomeration libation can be found, do you mean? Absolutely. The best oh. coffee shop. Is it is it okay to advertise? I mean, is I it, don't know. Do you want people knowing put, where they could find you? A, uh, see, that's what I was thinking. Because it's but, so cool for me. Every time I come back, I see every, every morning. Why don't we marinate on that and come back yeah, to yeah. that but topic? That corner, you're always playing guitars like seven thirty in the morning, and you got cafe caffeine in your veins, and maybe <laughs> see, you see the refill. Yeah, a cigarette on your headstock of your that's guitar. Twentieth <laughs> century. And that was so funky. What you were playing, and you're doing like a almost like a Stevie Ray Vaughan blues kind oh, yeah, of thing. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I was trying to mock rude mood because that's that's the mood you you're in between your first and second cup. And it was um it's doing those triplets on the double. So it. Watching the way you're getting those beetly 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 beet with the extra fingers on your right hand. It's, so it's cool. kind of Disney bibbity bobbity boo. That's where I think <laughs> where the I read from. Doing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pulling rake, and it's part of my La Flamenco technique, which I will explain La as Flamenco. we is going. Yeah. So um, La Flamenco is a respelling of the word flamenco, first of all, and I thought oh. that was clever in itself. Didn't realize I had uh, feminized the word. Like inadvertently, right. which is a statement, right? Yes. And I discovered that Spain wasn't the origin of flamenco. It was the people they exiled during the Inquisition, whoever uh-huh. those gypsies were. You know, some right. were Moors, um, but there were all kinds of people who were non-Christian. When the flamenco music got popular, Spain welcomed it back, and everything was cohesive at that point. And I found that out um, reading the autobiography of Paco de Lucia, um, uh-huh. maybe before he passed. So that made me really want to check, because it's an it's an undocumented immigrant music thing. Yeah. Um, and that um, so, I decided to plagiarize it, of course. And um, yeah. so La Flamenco uh, reoriginates. It's a good word, right? Mm-hmm. In North Oakland. Yes. On that corner you were just talking. About. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just basically using. You know, you can do it with your fingers or a pick. You're using the flamenco yeah. techniques on a still string with your fingertips in the back of your, instead of yeah. throwing your fingernails. Cause, um, so, you know, you got your individual picking, of course. And then your, your regular, what's that, bacate or whatever, bass uh-huh. playing fingers. And then you got your... But what if you're playing That's funk? Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I <laughs> totally did. Beat the heck out of your guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, uh, you moosified it. I did. So I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> put both hooves in there, right? <laughs> yeah. and octaves so it's just such a trip because to me it seems like yesterday when i met you which was algebra class yeah mr thornberg's mr thornberg <laughs> eighth grade yep i was 13 and, yeah I, uh, or 12 actually i think I, oh you I were so you're smarter than me you were ahead <laughs> no, I'd worked. i'd just turned 13 really okay september of whatever eighth grade all right and we sat on the opposite ends of the classroom no i sat no. right behind you oh that's right that's right right it was um that's my, how we my met friend alex was that's yeah. what, that's why I wanted to be in that class. I, they started me second year Willard in theory, and yeah. I had just become friends with this dude Alex, and I just wanted to be with, with my best friend. So I worked my tail off and, and switched in the beginning of the semester. That's how uh, I got into that class and met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then of course there was the incident that we all remember for the kid in, <laughs> kid in front of you. <laughs> Should we? Should I tell that story? <laughs> I don't know. That's a long time ago. It's, yeah, it's a story of violence, though. So maybe. <laughs> well, you he, warned him so politely. I, yeah, I, I did. I even had. To, I even had the teacher. I remember raising my hand and saying, "Mr. Thunberg, could you tell him to stop kicking the back of my desk?" And then oh, I even he then he kicked it one more time, and I oh. turned and I told him, "Like, look, if you kick, because I was I didn't I was all out of." You yeah. know, it was like the sixth or seventh morning, and I told him yeah. exactly what I was going to do. I told yeah. him which he, hand. Very politely. I was there. Now I remember, yes, because he was in between us. I was behind him, and he was behind you. Now I remember. Yeah, and I just happened to get that flat, rocky slab of meat <laughs> on the flat of my, you know, I didn't really hit him that, pop him that hard. It oh, was yeah. the sound effect. I remember it, was, it sounded just like that, because it was loose. <laughs> yeah. But then the funniest part was, I looked back up at Mr. Thornburg after I sat down, and he just was flustered, just like, "Duh, you, you get, you get the two lunches. Get out of here." You know. <laughs> yeah, we were, you know, we're kids. All right. Can't really hurt anybody back then. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> but yeah, you were uh, you were playing guitar then, right? Starting oh, yeah. in junior high school. I was, yeah, I've been playing since like fifth grade. Yeah, or yeah something. see, I was playing bass clarinet then, <sighs> next to like Josh Redman at Fred Terranova's jazz class at oh, Willard. Oh, man. <laughs> I know his real last name, you know. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Because um, we all went to Berkeley High with him. Yeah. yeah, um, he, yeah he was great. Yeah, he, he says hi when I see him at, at the corner coffee place, that mysterious, Yeah, yeah. Secret spot. Secret shh. So you were playing bass clarinet back then, and soon you were playing bass. That's how I always knew you in high school right. growing up. And Well, you were, yeah, so that year was uh, 83 then. Where I um, became friends with all the the heavy metal dudes of Berkeley, and as soon as they took me to see Exodus, we needed to start a band. So yeah. 
I remember telling my dad, I just told all my friends I played bass. So I think I should learn how to play bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I know that works. <laughs> learn so I, the first two strings, I got a gig. I quickly, it reminds me that, 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 you know, that South Park episode where Token discovers he can play bass because they just hand him a bass. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a diss to bass players, man. Not well, fair. But it's, there's an honor in there somewhere. But it, it was, it was um, the whole point was to be Metallica, Slayer, and Exodus, of course. Ah, dang. Yeah. And, yeah, and I um, had already was... played guitar because uh, I had an acoustic guitar at home, and I had taught myself, yeah. I had taught myself the Stevie Wonder bass line from Ain't Gonna Stand For It, which is just the... Ain't gonna stand... Wait, ain't gonna stand for it, baby. That one. Yeah. It's on Harder Than July. But oh, I made cool. my whole family come out and watch me. Cause I, I listened to the yeah. record player, oh, man. and I put it on this guitar, and now I could play along with it. That was my first able to play by ear thing. But yeah, then uh, I started writing those tunes. We were just, and so that became Sacrilege. Yeah, and then later Sacrilege BC, because, because there was another Sacrilege in England that we discovered. Yeah, so we, we can call it Sacrilege today, because... We're OGs. That's right. But yeah. that was like Gary Wynn on guitar, Tim Howell on guitar? It was yeah, Tim Howell on, on guitar, Gary. Me and Tim were like BFFs. We were like, yeah, you know, just, we were really tight. And then he was friends with Struffin, the, you know, the singer, and the, pretty much the rest of, the, he's pretty much Sacrilege BC. I mean, that dude's amazing. I mean, his, his whole art thing, when he worked with Tower Records and Rasputin's and all the Telegraph, him and DeVito, yeah. of yeah, course, Mark were DeVito. the were the artists that you go to when you wanted anything, right? But, you know, he was also, you know, and then Matt Fillmore played drums, and then I, I was on bass, and I would write the songs at, at Tim's, you know, because, yeah. I mean, I could go to school, but there was yeah. yeah. Tim's house, and I would cut school. Which and, was ironic. Yeah, his school. Yeah, his house was. His a, house was right across yeah, the exactly, baseball yeah. diamond. <laughs> so it was convenient. I would cut school and go write songs for, so we could go play gigs. Yeah. I and used then, to cut school in school. <laughs> I grab the classical guitar, and then I just stay there playing right. and skip all my classes while being in, in on school grounds. That's that's pretty clever. That's yeah. a more, uh, you know. Well, I didn't mean to, but every time the new class would come, be like, I'll go to my next class, and then like, wow, oh, this is too much fun. I'll right. go to my. I just learned augmenting. Get out of my face, dude. That's right. So I mean, but yes. But I I write the music, some of the lyrics sometimes for some songs like um, Slaughterhouse. Um, Anyway, but and then he would he would write the we'd record the rehearsals and Streffen would come back the next rehearsal and he'd have the song ready. And our first uh, show was I think 1984, the Easter Bunny Massacre at Ruthie's Inn. That was my first pro gig. Easter Bunny Massacre. The Easter Bunny Massacre, uh, sacrilegious first gig before the BC. And I drew yeah. half the flyer and Streffen. It was yeah, it was, yeah, we were so metal. That was a scene. <laughs> But I, yeah, the '80s was the real metal era. I mean, yeah, I mean, Metallica was playing the same club back then, basically, right? '83. Well, I, I first saw them at the Keystone Berkeley, where yeah. I saw Exodus and like Lazarocket and Ruffians and Diamond. Yeah. I mean, those were the shows I was going to. Um, when and you know Slayer and Metallica played up in the East Bay because L.A. was all hairspray and lipstick and spandex. And yeah. they didn't want. They wanted a rougher crowd, and we were it, and yeah. we were Slay Team Berkeley. And man, I and missed all this. Really? Okay, it was. I mean, I we mean, were. I mean, you know, it was Toby's 
Toby Rage was a huge icon figure, you know, between all the bands. I mean, he even worked for Sacrilege BC. He uh, he passed, you know, um, a while ago. I was uh, honored to speak at his, you know, funeral. Um, I was asked because his his sister said he liked my writing, and I knew that um, when he said that he meant my my riffs. Yeah. And she took it as lyrics, but anyway, that's you know, it's <laughs> it's the same thing to me. You know, it was, absolutely. But that's that's how much I had invested, and it was just I lasted two years before I just snafu'd out. I was like I was the Crispus addicts of mental health at that time. <laughs> sacrilege. Yeah, sacrilege. BC burnt me out quick. Now first, can you play some of this stuff, or what Hell was? Yeah. Um, yeah, you I, want to play? It? To, I can do a play along here. So is this the is this the wanted version with? Jeff this Leard? is Othello's Revenge. Yeah, Othello's with, uh, Revenge with the the, the mighty icon, hero warrior of the East Bay, Jeff. Um, Jeff Hilliard. That's the one. But yeah, we, we uh, did a cover. Let's see if it's still working here. This is the first song that I wrote for Sacrilege, too. That's why. <laughs> That's me playing, so yeah, and singing. So we covered my song. It, it was it was pretty fun. I made a video of it. Yeah, what are the and lyrics? <laughs> the lyrics are you know just your average everyday um, statement of sometimes you know maybe it's time to die. <laughs> Good day to die. Sometimes guitars feel that way, you know. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So that's convenient because uh, those songs are getting re-released on a record because those cool. songs were went through some drama with the previous whatever happened to them, and I felt bad they had to deal with it. But Stefan was able to to salvage all of the tunes and get them out again. So there's a chance that you know I'll have redemption finally. <laughs> right. So they're gonna come out on a the November. 23rd I think or 25th it's this year um but yeah it's it's pretty neat man like because I never held a, a grudge with any of those guys really um but I did lose my songs but you pay tribute to the boss of the mob right you, <laughs> you just don't know who he is you hope he enjoys your songs I can write so many of those songs anyway yeah I remember yeah I remember talking about bass and you were like I'm really into Steve Harris I'm like Man, you gotta check out Getty Lee. And now, like, I'm into Steve Harris is more my vibe. Like, it's all turned around. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, well, I started on the bass too. I wrote all the songs on the, on the on Tim's guitar, and then I had an Ibanez Roadstar too. Yeah. And played bass. Um, but and then yeah, and then you were I remember Pre Judas Priest uh, Laner too, which I respected. 
Was I? Yeah, I remember <laughs> having conversations about you telling me to check out Judas Priest. Yeah, like it was like, either Stained Class or Sin After Sin you were checking out. I, well, I don't I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, because I don't have those records, but I do remember that people used to, in junior high, would say, oh, they'd call me Judah Priest. Right. Yeah, that was kind of like a joke. Yeah, it's, I, yeah that's, of course, they, they forgot about <laughs> But I did see later but, that year the Screaming for Vengeance tour. I was still 13. Yeah. You know. I saw the Defenders of the Faith tour after, the year after, at the Cow Palace, right? Yeah. Always the Cow Palace, man. Always yeah. big Back of a pickup truck. That's Sweaty, <laughs> big barn, cement place. Right. Um, what you been playing lately? You're such a musical cat, man. You I know, that's like trying to pour out an Alhambra jar full of pennies. I'm like, which penny's going to come up? That's quite a, yeah, that's quite a metaphor. That's a lot of pennies. Well, I, I was really into the, the... You know, Al Demiel and Paco de Lucia put out that new thing, right? And I, I tried to start learning the... It's too close. Far, dude. <laughs> I one thing I always re- I loved about our friendship. First of all, it's so cool. I saw Miguel the other day. 
And, I got to uh, figure out how to play with that dude again. Oh my god! And I he random random I helped him move in L.A. Yeah, yeah. See him every once in a while. And uh, that and I just want to thank you because I remember one time you helped me move, my brother. And you probably don't even remember this. From like Dave and Becca's house to when I lived at Ari's house. You're like, fuck it. Yeah, you helped me move a whole truckload of shit. I had a few truckloads, <laughs> but you helped me with it. Well, well, awesome, dude. Right. That's... But I think I paid it forward to Miguel, who's like one of your brothers. Yeah. <laughs> he went from two braids to no braids. That's definitely, he'll get yeah. that. <laughs> but back in those days, you used to always just hit me to so much stuff. Like I remember, like we all knew Joe Satriani as the teacher and everything. Yeah. But I remember you like, have you heard not of this earth? This is before surfing with the alien. And that was killer. All the stuff on there, like you mean all oh, the the first EP, you mean or not the white the, one? Okay, the, the one, one after, after that. Yeah, yeah. Out of this earth. Yeah, I think it's called Brother John or something. Right, right, right. God, that is nostalgic. Yeah, we went over to your house. And you showed me the whole album, man. We're <laughs> Do you remember anything off the, the first EP? I remember the awesome. The, uh, awesome. Banana Mango, that's what it is. And he's got that backwards trick. Um, yeah, that's beautiful stuff. I don't really remember that awesome. Uh, he made that awesome train sound, the choo-choo train. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he used, to, he used to let uh, his students' friends come and sit in on the lessons. Oh, and yeah? I was that friend. That oh, cool. I would go so with you... Tim and just sit in and just be... He taught us... Um, let's see if I can remember this. Man, these are my old 80s roots. Yeah, he taught us that. Like, I watched him teach Tim right in front of us. So. <laughs> yeah, he had such a sound. He had that, like, to me, and a lot of people had that, so, borrowing some of his sound around town, like this legato well, Remember thing. Jeff Tyson? Yeah, Jeff Tyson had the insane legato. Yeah. We, still does. He's, he was the master of just that, just yeah. taking He was like one, the one dude who graduated from Satriani's. Yeah, him and Steve Vai got, got those. But he would pick once. Yeah, and there'd be a hurricane, and then he yeah, hit pick one nut <laughs> I could, yeah, and I couldn't believe like all the mileage. It's like watching Jocko, like your fingers forced what? He was the first guy that taught me to sweep arpeggio too. Right. Yeah, he was just way ahead of his time. I remember Satch man. He had that one song, and the guitar is all. And the one time I took a lesson from him, I was like, "How is what is that?" See, I was still a bass player back then, so I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> it. Was just, it was just legato. There's nothing crazy. Right. And it's three notes at a time, right? Or Yeah, three notes per string. But, like, the way that he made it sound. Yeah. Like he had a sound. Like, you know, the sound was in his fingers and in his ears. And it sounds so controlling when he, the way he yeah, was performed so focused. it. You know? Um, so... Now and then, other stuff that you hit me—you hit me to a lot of stuff that I always really appreciate. Like, uh, I was a big Chili Peppers fan. You showed me one of those songs, but what was always that one bass line? Wait. Oh, that get up and jump. Um, it's in G, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that was it. And, uh, 
that's man, that's a days ago. Yeah, that's the shit. And they, I remember they play the Omni, you know. Yeah, they the and, Square, uh, and they yeah. used to run out the Fishbone Crew. That was before with, I got into Fishbone too. Yeah, though. with or without clothing, you'd be running around <laughs> like oh, no joke. Yeah, before before ballads and drugs. Yes, and then uh, of course you taught me about Teen Town and some oh, Jocko yeah, shit well. too. Was, you're a good musical friend to have, my friend. <laughs> and also we did our the first CD I've ever been on was uh, Chicken and Waffles, which I still listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a copy still? I or? do have a copy. Okay, because I, I have a SoundCloud that I made of some of those tracks. I'm not sure which ones. Oh, cool. and, and whoever behaves can have that link later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, that was a fun stuff we put there. It was like collective. You guys had the that was, weekly night. That was our Blue Note All Star moment, I think. Right. For the '90s, you know, Bay Area funk scene. I mean, oh, yeah, Shasheray, yeah, Gibson, of course, and Bradley, and yeah, Stephen Bradley. Chris Powell. We had we had Judah Gold. <laughs> I and Chris, it, yeah. <laughs> for me, there was one moment Miguel. it was like, I got chills because like, it was the first time I'd ever really written stuff and had people play it. Like, just handed the horn charts to the horn players. Right. And the, we had like a, well, we had a tenor and a alto and a trumpet. Right. There were the three part chart. And like, they just looked at it and they played it and you and you were playing the bass line. And, uh, do you remember that one? Yeah, I do actually. Um, let's see if I can remember it in some... Oh no, no, not that one. That oh one no, too, oh, the, the one in D, the like, oh the one, yeah. Hit it. Right. Uh, I don't remember. I was playing bass, right? Yeah, I have. You were playing, yeah, but then yeah. I don't know. The horn was something like. That, yeah. But, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that was brutal <laughs> that was... though when we dropped it, and then they they that's when it was like SNL. They would come to the jam, the the rappers, and they would write their stuff for next week. Yeah, and it was it was neat to watch that side of it. And the, yeah, that was my yeah. line. I remember now. Telegraph <laughs> Avenue was up in smoke, yeah. baby. That one ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Ryan Green. It's Cess One. Yeah, and that's where I met Cool Kyle, the yeah. DJ. Um, I met him on stage. I met so many people. I met yeah. Ron Allen on stage. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, that's yeah. The Blake stage was an era. Yeah, the Blake No stage, which was just right, part the, of the floor. Right, exactly. But they. <laughs> Man, but yeah, the, the jazz one. To see if I, I just wanted to see if I can remember it, because um, I wrote this part and you heard it once and came back with a horn line. The one in um, yeah. God, this is days ago, dude. Oh, one, two, three, but 
Dude, we were what, like three years old at the time? Yeah, we were young. Yeah, we're like, we're going to play some <laughs> funk, and now we're going to play our little bebop tune. That we an wrote. original. We threw out an original, and what? Yeah, and it was uh, uh, Pat, Romani, and, and Harry, that, and Miguel's mom that put that CD together. That's a that was a beautiful thing. This is like right when you could put out your own independent it was, CD. Yeah, it was the last of the live band yeah. dancing disco. Yeah, this was like. 3,000 years before the letters MP3. This is David Attenborough. It was the late 20th century. <laughs> yeah, so so you grew up in Oakland? Were you North Oakland, yeah, yeah. Here. I was a Peralta kid, and then I cheated my way into Willard. I forget whose address I used. I used somebody's mailbox. And oh, then, yeah, because we had to do that. I did that a couple years, And then years Berkeley too. High, I got to use my grandmother's. And that yeah. lasted two years before I you had to bow out and into a whole other episode of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I remember my mom was using my dad's address to get us to be able to go to Berkeley schools. <laughs> yeah, you know they're on good terms and everything. But then my dad, like he's like, man, he's like a really good dude, and he like, like he actually paid. Like when I was born, they didn't have no money, right? But he remembered it was like only like three hundred bucks for my childbirth <laughs> back then. Wow. So he went back like when I was like 25. He like paid them with interest. He remembered that they were their mind was blown. Wow. But anyway, it's crazy. He he. After a while, he wouldn't. And he couldn't he, put it on his Instagram back then either, could he? Yeah, he couldn't do that shit. <laughs> so he after a while he was like, you know, I don't feel good about lying about Jude's residence. So my mom we moved to. We moved like half a block into Oakland. You I mean, we moved half a block into Berkeley, Berkeley yeah. at Alcatraz and Adeline. We were like oh. just over the Berkeley border. Got to go to Berkeley High. Aren't there houses that are half Berkeley, half Oakland on that jagged edge of... Yeah, well, my brother, his bedroom was still in Oakland. So he had to go to... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was getting beat up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that would that but would yeah, happen. But, I uh, went, yeah, I went to Willard for the music because I was still playing clarinet, and I thought, you know, I yeah. could figure out how to wait, get into the Berkeley High Jazz Band. And then I heard Iron Maiden, and it was done. Ah. It was done. I heard Run to the Hills, and hearing Run yeah. to the, I'm you know part Cherokee Indian, and Tim is also part Cherokee Indian. Yeah. Um, so when the two of us were listening to Run to the Hills, we were just looking at each other like, huh. Oh wow! And then it's like, what is that? You know, yeah, that somebody's singing about that, and they're playing badass guitars and drums to it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's just Iron Maiden telling this the story that the British can tell. Because oh, look what they did over there to those poor people. Yeah, I mean, I, I learned more from Ozzy's lyrics than Berkeley High could have ever taught me. I I still feel that way. You know? I kind of feel that way too. Like when yeah. you first hear War Pigs, you're like, right. This is like this is the real story. All right, or just you know, Dire yeah, Madman's like, got like now it's great... Vladimir Putin, man. He's like the fucking <laughs> ultra war pig at the moment, throwing his own people into this thing. Right. I always figured if you could if you could you know, bust a groove on people, you, you could just kind of do that instead of yeah. worrying about how smart you are. That's cool. So your your heritage, like I still always knew you as Moose, but then I found out your name was Musashi. 
That's which is such a cool name. So that's so dad's Japanese black, side. Yeah, dad's black Cherokee. Basically, um, there's there's still disputing territory in Texas or some Cherokee thing, whatever. Um, yeah. And then my mom's Japanese American, like third generation. I'm fourth generation. Um, here's here's <laughs> my grandparents and the whole family were in uh-huh. internment camp. First of all, right? Yeah. And my grandfather. Um, was drafted out of internment camp as a U.S. soldier when they needed people to go to Japan with the cleanup, which is where we found out. Here's where we take a you know a, a, a turn in, into the macabre war or whatever, the misery. Um, found out that our family was gone in the Hiroshima bombing. His his whole family were farmers out out there. Holy right. fucking shit! So, like. It's crazy because I go back and remember all the the poetic references to nuclear war in the metal, and I'm just looking around in in hindsight, going, "So who here lost family in any atomic explosions? Huh? Oh, just me. Okay, <laughs> and that's oh, that's something I that kind of is daunting to me still, right? Um, but so I mean, you know, because of my grandfather, America has never questioned our loyalty as citizens. Um, that stamped yeah, well, it for a lot of Japanese Americans. Yeah. We need you now. That there's a war on. Well, you well, guys we're, are cool now. We're kind of fe- Japanese Americans are kind of fed up with racism. Yeah. <laughs> we don't say much, but yeah, you you got some. I figure you got some ninjas on your side for <laughs> for what you guys need. I would I would guess, you know. <laughs> And yeah, but my you know, then my dad's side is all Texas. You know, our our memory rewinds back to Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. That's as far as yeah, you know, so Juneteenth, the holiday when it came out, it was just like, all right, <laughs> you know, that was the whole Texas That's thing. The start. Yeah. So I got yeah. those two. Yeah, we we had we cultures. Were, we're OG Juneteenth. I at least used yeah. to live on Adeline and Alcatraz. We had Juneteenth celebrations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember those. Like I do. I mean, with the cowboy hats and the, the rest and the of the country's yeah. learning about this. Yeah, half of my the, the families in Texas that I've never even met. You know, because I just don't go there a lot. But yeah, my grandfather is from Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're all from Texas, of course. But he moved over here. Um, you know, running from some trouble. You know, which I dare say on a public podcast, but it was pleasant. You know, but right. and. Settled in Richmond. So ah. I got family all over Richmond. Cousins forever. Really? <laughs> that I haven't even met. Facebook has is, is, is been good for, like, hooking up family and stuff. But, yeah, my aunties, I got, my dad's had 11 sisters, or had 11 yeah. sisters. Oh, yeah, I met a couple of your aunties. Yeah. And they all love me, and mm-hmm. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Did you play music? When, I mean, was there your house a musical household? It wasn't really. Where did you I've, get all this music from is what I'm trying to uh, say. I was bored. Yeah, but... <laughs> like, my, like, my mom played a little piano in, like, Sunday school. So she could read a little bit of music. Like, a lot of Asians just learned your basic, you know, what, what was that guy, Suzuki? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Suzuki method. <laughs> the Suzuki method. Hi. Um, so <laughs> when I learned to play clarinet, it was easy to do homework because she could help me. So we'd sit at the piano and work out my clarinet pieces, especially if they were piano duets. It was great. She could sort of play them with me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. My dad played well, my dad played cello in college. I just don't know anything about how he played cello. And he still right. has his cello. Yeah. Um, 
but it was never, you know, me and my sister were the focus between them at, after we were born. There was no time in the 60s and 70s to have fun. <laughs> so, yeah, he worked for the post office, and, you know, she worked for uh, the first presiding judge of Alameda County, the Honorable Donald P. Oh. McCollum. Oh, yeah. His busk is on the federal building. I knew that guy. It's just he was a court clerk that worked for him. And so My dad was an assistant to Ed Roberts. Now oh, he so <laughs> <laughs> this, there's a you building. Were, you were buying the same snack food I was for some of them fucking bailiffs. Absolutely. <laughs> same, we, with the same food stamps. I was like 14, you know, hey, you, you need something? You want some chips or something? I'm waiting for my mom to get off work. That's how I met everybody down there. So. <laughs> I never felt, and the judge would invite me back into his chambers you know, and try to get me to quit smoking cigarettes. And because he eventually, he died, oh. of, I think, lung cancer. Oh, um, yeah. It didn't work, but I loved him for that, trying at least. <laughs> so, but that's why I never really got into too much trouble because I didn't want to blemish my mom's, you know, oh. swag. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. at 18, I stopped doing a lot of shit, you know, and tried to focus mainly on the, the music. Thank God. Yeah. And we've done a lot of gigs. Did you play with Angelo Moore a couple times? or? So, yeah, that was a Blake's thing that was just yeah. a... From the singer Fishbone. Yeah, when he did his Dr. Mad Vibes tour yeah. in the early days, he would just um, have a band local. And we were it one lucky night, the same yeah. night that um, Eric Arnold, the journalist, decided to jump up on stage in freestyle with the, uh, with the whole troupe as well. And like Angelo led it like a like he had us doing dance routines in unison, yeah. and we were like you know like a chorus line for the dude. It was, yeah. But the thing about it is that Eric Arnold got to write the article from performing with, and that's yeah. what made that whole article just what I remember. Yeah, I did but, one or two of those with you. I think one at the Berkeley Square, one at Blake. Blake's, you I think you were definitely there because. Um, you were probably requested at, at, at some point by Chris or, <laughs> yeah, or Carrie James or, or Carrie, or... yeah, and because he was the affiliation with with Angela, I remember. He's still going strong, I hear too. So he's but, back, um, man. Yeah, yep. Oaktown. That's right. His uh, salon, his his wife's salon is on College Avenue, doing well, I hear. All right. So, sing, uh, sing some Little Wing or something. Yeah, let me uh, get some water in my throat. Um, do you know that? Do you know that um, Hendrix tune, my friend? Well, watch me for the yeah. changes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> what? Dude. I'm gonna see what the wah pedal sounds like. You please, you can yeah. noodle all through it too. Yeah, it's like a harmonica cool. yeah, if you want. Yeah. Um, acoustic, acoustic with the wah, folks. Right hey, on. that's 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 right. Uh, La Flamingo. There are no rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, pass me that joint, uh, baby, and I'll, I'll play a real blue song. Oh, yeah. Now, everybody sit down. Yeah, I'm looking through Harlem. My stomach squeals just a little more. Yeah, a stagecoach full of feathers and footprints. Phones up to my soapbox door. Now, in late. With the pearl handle necktie tied to the driver's fence Breeze in my face, bourbon and coke possess words She said, I'm gonna send you somewhere in hell Or was it just 
an accident Yeah, before I couldn't ask Was it the east or west side? Yeah, my feet, they howled in pain Yeah, the wheels of a bandwagon cut very deep But not as deep in my mind as the rain As they pulled away I could still hear her words kind of stuck And fall in my muddy tin Wouldn't believe what the words said When I picked them up and read them Come around to my room with a tooth in the middle Bring along a bottle and a present Sometimes it ain't so easy Especially when your only friend Talks, sees, looks and feels like you And you do just the same as him Yeah, sometimes it gets kind of lonely out there Yeah, you tell him too Hey, uh, shout out to my boy Miguel. I was riding through LA on a bicycle built for a fool. And I run into one of my old buddies. Said, You don't look the way you used to do. Yeah, I said, Some people must look like a coin box. He said, Looks like you ain't got no coins to spare. I just picked him up right from underneath the payphone, combed his breath right out of my head. Cause sometimes it's not so easy, especially when your only friend talks, sees, looks, and feels like you, and you do just the same as him. I just got out of a Scandinavian jail, baby And I'm on my way straight home to you But I feel kinda dizzy, so I take a look in the mirror To see my friends with me too, yeah I done drunk up the rest of my coffee And then filled my cup full of sand With them frozen tea leaves at the bottom Sharing lipstick around the jagged edge And my cold digital little dog lit by the fire on And your cat attacks me from his pillbox bed, yeah Well, I thought that my Yeah, you know, my shadow comes in line before you, yeah Finding that it's not so easy, baby, see Especially when your only friend Talks, sees, looks, and feels like you you do just the same as him, yeah. Sweet, man. <laughs> You've really got some Hendrix in you, which I love. Man, I hope so. There's enough to everybody, I think. <laughs> to go well around. Right? Or um, how about, um? yeah, I love playing all those... Uh, yeah. Anger, he smiles, tyrant, shiny metallic purple armor, queen jealousy, envy waits behind him, her fiery green gown sneers at the grassy ground, blue all the life-giving waters that take it for granted, they quietly understand, 
That once happy turquoise armies lay opposite ready Wonder why the fight is on Well the road is long Well the road is long Well the road is long You just Yeah, my reds are so confident he flashes trophies of war and ribbons of euphoria. Orange is young and full of daring, but very unsteady for the first go round. My yellow in this case is not so mellow. In fact, I'm trying to say it's frightened like me. And all of these emotions of mine keep holding me from giving my life to a rainbow like you. You should have known, girl, you should have known. That I was bold as love, bold as love. Yeah. You should have known I was bold as love. Yeah. You just ask the accent. One of my favorite Hendrix solos at the end of that, too, right? I trying to remember the thing at the end. Doom, doom, doom. Access the record, yeah. Access yeah. Boldest Love on vinyl, still have it, of course. Yeah, man, and yeah, yeah that's just such an epic solo. Yep. And it was Handel that he took that from the Canon and D thing, right? La 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 and uh, so lonely, so lonely, yeah. Um. Right. Everyone did that stuff. It's it. <laughs> like, do you have the time to listen to me, right? Right. What's that's is that the, that's Pocket Bell Cannon? Never mind. They're right. <laughs> A different Cannon. No, same Cannon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. No way. No. Yeah. Handle is Handle. Handle's so, yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah. He, he wrote Cannon. So. Oh, <laughs> I did, I gotta get a grip on Handle. Sorry. So what do you, 
Hendrix like lived either next door or across the street from the house that Handel grew up in or something. Was that the connection? In London or something? Yeah, when, when Hendrix was there. There's a, oh, yeah. a reason why he wrote Axis. Oh, yeah. Cool. It was a, a, a shout out to Handel in the, po- in the Pocketball County. Why were you in London? A girl. Because <laughs> she was willing to cross an ocean. Yeah, she was so awesome that I was just like, well, I want to go. And I just went and stayed for six months. And I was like, well, then okay then. And then came back home. What's that bus? Joined up with the, oh, with the Uptones. You met her when after. you were playing with the Uptones? Well, I, I met the Uptones because I was trying to write a song to get her back. Um and if I can tell this story at the same time I'm queuing this up, this would be remarkable. But yeah. I just remembered, yeah, that's how I got into the Uptones. Because I, I got back from London and wanted to go back, but I couldn't because I couldn't afford it. So I was just like, I know what I'm going to do. You know, every songwriter does. I'm going to write a song so awesome that when she hears it, she's just going to move back. I was just like, I got this, right? Back from London to... Oakland. To Oakland, yeah. Um, and, of course, she came back with a husband. So, <laughs> Sorry, Moose. That's how it goes. You know, you just got to roll with the grenades. Singing right on. London is calling. Yep. Calling playing guitar or bass in this band? Guitar. Calling you away. Calling you away. Don't think it's necessary to have one more burden to carry. Wow. Sounds great. Michael Rosen. Produced this one with uh, Matthew Kaufman. So, yeah. Uptones so, with Eric Dean on guitar Eric Dean, there. Yeah, yeah. What's, he, uh, what's the name of that song? Uh, East of the Pond. Uh-huh. That was the reason that got me into the Uptones because I, I was looking for a band yeah. to record that song to win her back. He was looking for me because Charles Stella had just, you know, had to go on like medical leave or something. It was abrupt. Well, he moved to LA, right? Or he... he was in Brazil still. So they had a gig with the Agrolites that they needed me for. And I did all the work because I was just like, dude, I need a band. I had lust in my eyes. And, you know. <laughs> I needed <laughs> Remember the good old days when you thought love could win? So, and it, it won me being a member of the Uptones. Yeah. And I wrote five out of the, I wrote this, this uh, Skank and Fools Unite, the, um, the title track. Great. And four other, we, the three songwriters got five songs each. It was such a democracy working with that group. That's so, cool. Yeah. Can you hear a bit of Skankin' Fools? Oh, yeah, yeah. While we're, Let's play the intro or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, um... <laughs> Exactly. Isn't it sweet? It's like Jimmy Buffett comes to you. <laughs> oh man. Well, well, well. There ain't. Right. Sorry. That's fine. 
ever met a guitar safe from Jude? <laughs> um, Dude, you've come up with three <laughs> different <laughs> no guitar safe themes. I've been single for over a year. Never met a guitar that's safe from Jude. That's funky, man. Never met a helicopter with loose screws. <laughs> hey, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> So talented. <laughs> oh, tell me more about my eyes, though. You know. <laughs> well, you know, a, a year, a year of not one affectionate kiss or hug will do it to a feller. What? If the ladies are listening out there, they're never listening. You've always so, had that, though. <laughs> whether you were, I lost it during the pandemic. <laughs> and I'm just it's like Austin Powers. He's, Moose has lost his mojo. Yeah, I had to retire. I got. I got hit by a stinger last August when, when I wait. I don't want to go into that spill. Here's here's the title track. We're gonna edit from here where I was, gonna lead into the, um, Skank and Fools Unite CD. Yeah. From the Uptones, it was like put out in what 2006 or seven or 2007 maybe. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Matthew challenged us to write songs for the record and I came back the next day with this one. <laughs> You're playing guitar? Guitar on this one, yeah. And I'm singing. I said nobody bounce back. I said nobody bounce back. I said nobody bounce back. He told me Scott was dead, so I dialed 911. It waited patiently for the nurse to come. I was up all night, and I'm telling you, no. Yeah, man, that yeah, that was a fun band, man. Like, yeah, they were they're Berkeley icons, you know. Yeah. So and to do an uptone, so you got to be in shape. Yeah. So I got back into getting in shape, and you got to thank those guys for for doing that. Cause, yeah, I mean, you're entertaining teenagers, so you yeah. got to. Give them some energy, around. yeah. You gotta be able to go yeah. back and forth, I think. Uh, now you make me think of Jefferson Starship shows. Eh? Oh, oh, shit. I, I jump a couple times. Like, okay, that's enough jumps. That's enough jumps. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. I think uh, I got hired when I 
started working for the English Beat for those two tours. It was a 30th anniversary tour, right? And they yeah. were going out with Fishbone. Oh, what a fun thing for you. <sighs> it was just like the dream set, you know? So, yeah. and before I was in the Uptones, we were opening up for Fishbone a few years back. And then here I am on the bus waiting for Fishbone to get off stage so we can finish the set off as the English Beat. And I'm just like, I'm beside myself being, you know yeah. what it feels like, oh, man. Well, that's, it's never, that's... that never ends. Always, Fishbone are just they're so close to our souls yeah they're so I was such out with, great man with my hero giant idols yeah it's just incredible it's like the most fun I think I've ever had outside of the Bay Area got me since you don't have the bass yeah I know got me boning yeah um but I had I had legs on that English, and I got I had I was Wayne Lothian that was playing bass at the time, and, was, and Anthony was toasting. He's still toasting now, and I got I got what got us running around that whole yeah. tour, and it was so fun. There's a picture of me and, and um, Wayne somewhere crossing guitars on two swords. It's just huh. a great action shot. So, That's um, great. I want to see that. And I mean, there's certain pop songs that I just can't help but sing. I mean, you must have done it every night, sooner or later. Right. You had to. You had to just. And that, you know. that to me, that's one of the catchiest songs of all time. Yeah. Yeah, sing it. Um, God. Oh, it's in D. Very catchy here. tune, yeah. The one I still do is the, that um, cover he did of the Andy, what's his name? Guess there's no use in hanging around. Right. Think I'll get dressed and do the town. <laughs> I'll find some crowded avenue. I start laughing. <laughs> he got his voice going there too. Yeah. Well, so how did you get the gig playing with the English beat oh, of yeah, all I met, things? I met Dave. Um, Dave Wakeling. Yeah, we ended up not hitting it off that much towards the end because I think he's a better version of my worst psychoticness. So it was match set, I think. And I. <laughs> no, it was the back yeah. of the catalyst. Um, uh, the Uptones opened up for the, the English Beat 2000 fuck ago, I don't know. Oh, and right. I literally met him. He was um, talking to some friends backstage, and they were yeah. talking about bipolar disorder, and our eyes locked. And the rest is history. You met across a crowded room. <laughs> I walked in and was invited in. He's, he, said, he asked me, he kind of put me on the spot, though, right away. He said, hey, use your guitar to, as a fishing rod for, for girls. He said, "Well, of course." No, I said, "I let I let this, the the pause go." Like as I was really thinking about it, like that's genius. That's a great idea. Let me <laughs> play it like that. That's a great <laughs> metaphor. I've, why haven't I been doing that the whole time? Um, but yeah, and then 
He actually asked me like three or four times, but I was working on that Skank and Fools Unite, so yeah. I, I couldn't. I was completely locked into finishing the record. As soon as yeah. I was available and I said yes, it was right before that anniversary tour. So he lived in L.A. or something? Or? Yeah, he lives down in like Malibu or someplace yeah, like that. that oh, thank you. That's what it was. Where's Roadies? Um, yeah, and then um, it was January of 2010, started in Vegas. So my dad got to pick me up in his Jaguar that he never drives. Yeah. And dropped me off at the Mandela Bay where we all had rooms there. What what an impression. That's yeah. not how it's, it is. You know, that's not how it is the rest of the <laughs> but, Yeah. <laughs> but I got to walk my dad to the back of the House of Blues. Sweet. And we got to see the tour bus for the first time together. Oh, I got that so forever. Cool. So, yeah. That's um, a great moment, man. My Dave gave me that. So I, as we didn't, we didn't have a, I don't know. I just don't say anything negative about musicians publicly. Oh, usually, yeah, you know. So. You know, we celebrate music as we look back on it, but there's, there's always like stresses, man. We're soldiers, stresses man. We got frictions. Yeah. <laughs> it's the love. He's still out working though, and that's impressive. Like he's, I just can't stop it. Is he's really? I mean, you know, and you know, of course, Rank and Roger passed, and that was devastating to some of us. You know. Ah. What's your favorite, like, when you think back, any, like, gigs that you've done? It could be in a club from five people or a room full of 5,000 people or... With them? Anything in your life, when you look back, what's, sort of like, a moment that you're just, like... Oh, uh, well, while we're on topic, um, the the New York uh, Fillmore East show was epic. With, with the, David with English Beat? Yeah, yeah, because um, there's, there's also... It's on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Save It For Later. Funny that you picked that song. So I can always listen to that and feel great about myself. But the thing about it, I had two cousins from Canada that were there because yeah. they live up in Toronto and they just they were in the area. And then I had a friend they used to dog and house it for from the from the corner coffee sh- shop. Yeah. And she happened to be planning her vacation around that show, so she brought. It was February in New York. There was still a little bit of icy snow on the ground. She brought soup to me on the uh. bus. That was the yeah. highlight of that night for some reason. The show was amazing, but you yeah. know how you know what that I, feels like. Sometimes. I do actually remember playing New York and and yeah, we had a bus. It was with JGB. Yeah. And uh, it was like Whoa. it was Whoa. like two degrees out, maybe in less than zero. I mean it was right. crazy. Yeah. We found we got back to the bus and it was the most wonderful thing just yeah. to sit there. That was Monette, my friend, so That's anyway. Cool. Well, what's what's new or anything else? Well, I, mean? I just I've been kind of freelancing since the pandemic. Um, I was playing with my trio for a while. I'm doing solo gigs at the um, Craneway, but I just yeah. started getting ready to record like a lot of my old stuff into new updated versions because um, I think there's a really good opportunity that I should take. Like that just landed like today in my lab not just you but you know um this this ain't shit well this makes me happy because it's you and we're (laughs) friends it's for as long as you've been talking we've been talking about doing this for a while but yeah i just met this this dude who's a professional that's really like i might be able to start working professionally as a musician again like living wages hopefully give me you know give me give me a year we'll see what happens oh i always i love to hear that man yeah so 38 years since that Easter Bunny Massacre gig. 
Yeah, and so. it keeps on going. <laughs> well, you want to play one final thing? Play us out? Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to play a poppy tune that I, I wrote for this gal I was sweet on for a minute. Jump back right into my metaphor yeah. And now out of almost anything I'd just rather be listening To the laughter and relaxing To the sound of you Just laughing and relaxing to the sound of you Undubitably, I mean probably Eventually I'll say something absurd But I don't care as long as you're there Trying to hang on everywhere, yeah And now out of almost anything I'd just rather be listening to the laughter and relaxing to the sound of you laughing and relaxing to the sound of you just laughing and relaxing to the sound um you laughing and relaxing to the sound of you thank you there's something i love to do i know if i hit the harmonic and then hammer on the chord That's awesome.
good sound out the wawa pedal and the I love and the it. acoustic guitar. It's like you think it's a, it's percussive and then it's just yeah, shaping your cadence, man. Yeah, it's like you can do a full gig, you can do acoustic, electric. <laughs> right, I can or like what about a um Well, I'm, uh, well, I'm up here in this womb. In this womb? Looking. <laughs> it's, belly, it's Belly Button Window by Hendrix. Up, up here. Yeah, that one. <laughs> in this womb. Yeah, I'm looking all around. Yeah, and I'm looking out my belly button winner And I sure see a whole lot of friends And I'm wondering if they don't want me around What seems to be the fuss out there now what seems to be the hang? Yeah, if you don't want me to come down to shoot this time, baby, I'd be glad to go back to Spirit Land. Shown up, don't remember the rest of the words, baby. Go ahead, Judah. All shucks. Ah. Oh, that should have caused a premature birth if I were so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, it's true. I love that kind of sound. Is that a gorgeous baby wall? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's a mini crybaby and a mini That's what it is, yeah. MXR fuzz going to... before the crybaby. Oh. oh, shit. It's kind of an evil sounding. Right. It's almost something like you'd hear on like, you know, Battlestar Galactica or something. It's like, like it's that. like Defender. <laughs> oh my god. Player or si or Player One. <laughs> oh my god. Keep it alive to you, 95 Moose. Arigato! Mm, the time is safe.